Truth Be Told, a weekly broadcast brought to you by Brother Edwards, the mail carrier for the Lord. I am the minister, the evangelist, the preacher for the church with no walls. You are God's church. Upon this rock I'll build my church. He made that com- that statement after the confession that Peter said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And he said, No man said that to you. You got that from God. And that's when he began to build his church. And there was no brick and mortar. He began to build his church in Peter. And Peter, Peter is the beginning. God said it was upon the confession. So I think that when we are talking about the Spirit of God, it rests, rules, and abides in each and every one of us. But when you make that confession, he begins to build his church in you. Amen. Amen. Our Father in heaven, we thank you so much for allowing us to uh, pray and worship and sing songs and to to learn and to gather wisdom and knowledge and understanding from your word. Guide us through our study today. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Well, we're in Romans, Romans 11. Uh, let's look at verse 6 through 10. I'm gonna, we're going to park there for a little bit and talk a, about this because in, in this section that we've been in, the sections range, looks like they're grouped like chapter 9, verse 1 through 11 and 36. And uh, as, as I did a little bit of homework, it, it said in this section, Paul takes up the problem raised by the unbelief of so many Jews. If God had promised salvation to Israel, yet so few were so few Jews were being saved, how could Jesus truly be the fulfillment of God's plan? That's a question. So in his response to this objection, Paul cites the Old Testament as evidence that God had always intended to save only a remnant of Israel. Okay, and he he faults the Jews for refusing to embrace Christ. Now, when you go into uh, Romans chapter nine, uh, six through twenty nine, you can you can read where he referenced that. Okay, now Paul then shows that God had not discarded Israel from his plan of salvation. Many Jews have already believed in Christ. And see, we're going to be looking at that remnant now uh, as we as we travel through 11, uh, 6 through 10. Now, we did a few verses uh, last time we were together. Uh, so when we when we are looking at this, we see that then this disobedience didn't come from God. This is you. You're being disobedient. Don't don't blame God for your disobedience. Don't say, well, if God didn't want me to do it, he stopped you. Well, you know what God does not want you to do. It's in the Bible. Okay. And if you're doing those things that God don't want you to do, don't wait on God to stop you because he already told you not to do it. So if you're doing it, that means you're being disobedient. But when we look in the Bible, we we find that in verse six, it says, and if by grace, this is not no more of works. Otherwise, grace is no more grace. But if it be of works, then it then is it no more grace? Otherwise, work is no more work. What then? Israel have not obtained that which he seeketh for, but the election hath obtained it, and the rest were blinded. Now, we're going to talk about that in a minute. According as it is written, God hath given them the spirit of slumber, 
eyes that is eyes that they should not see and ears that they should not hear until this day. Verse nine. And David said, let their table be made a snare and a trap and a stumbling block and a recompense unto them. Verse 10, let their eyes be darkened that they may not see and bow down their back always. Now, I'm going to stop right there and see if we can, can we can get a little underst- a clear understanding of what he's saying. He says that we were blinded, didn't he? This is God's own work, grace, giving them the spirit of slumber and the eyes that they should not see. Okay, this is a, uh, this doesn't sound like this is good. It sounds like a curse. It God is God is upset when you. Uh, the Bible says it is impossible to please God if you do not believe in Him. If you don't have faith in God, it's impossible to believe Him. And that's in uh, Hebrews eleven six. Uh, but I'm going to go over here to Acts chapter thirteen forty six, and let's see what it has to say about this uh, uh, eyes that should not see. Acts chapter 13, uh, verse 46, okay? Acts chapter 13, and we're going to look at 40, uh, verse 46, yeah, 46 through 48. Acts chapter 13, verse 46 through 48. And the Bible says, Then Paul and Barnabas waxed bold and said, It was necessary that the word of God should first have been spoken to you, but seeing ye put it from you and judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, lo, we turn to the Gentiles. For so hath the Lord commanded us, saying, I have set thee to be a light of the Gentiles, okay, that thou shouldest be for salvation unto the ends of the earth. Verse 48. And when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and glorified the word of the Lord and as many as were ordained to eternal life believed. Now, the rest, he says, were blinded. Let's see. The rest were blinded. This is a remnant now, a remnant. But because the Jews didn't believe, the, the Gentiles were blessed because they got to hear the word. Isn't that wonderful? Everybody gets to hear the word. Then the Bible tells us that before the world ends, everybody will have a chance to hear the gospel. Amen. Amen. Because they do. Don't you don't you think there are not uh, organizations out there working diligently right now to put the the word of God in in ways that uh, people all over the country, even in the jungles, can without electricity, they can use solar power to read the Bible. So let's see what uh, Acts chapter uh, six. Uh, excuse me, Acts chapter eighteen, verse six. Acts chapter uh, eighteen, uh, verse six. And when they opposed themselves and blasphemed, he shook his remnant and said unto them, Your blood be upon your own heads. I am clean from henceforth. I will go unto the Gentiles. Now, when we go back up to verse 5, and there it says, And when Silas and Timotheus, Timotheus, I'm sorry, were come from Macedonia, Paul was pressed in the spirit and testified to the Jews that Jesus was Christ. And verse 6 begins with and, so that goes with it. And when they opposed themselves and blasphemed, he shook his remnant 
and said unto them, Your blood be upon your own heads. I am clean from henceforth. I will go unto the Gentiles. So he said, because you didn't want to believe it. You blaspheme. I, your blood is on your hand. It is not my fault. I brought you the word. You didn't receive it. And, and I'm going on down to tell the Gentiles. So here you have a group of people, the Gentiles, being blessed by the disobedient of Israel. And that's something. All things work for the good of those who love the Lord. And it seems like even before the Gentiles knew to love the Lord, the, love, the Lord was loving on the Gentiles. And you do know all of us were Gentiles. If we were all back in the times that we were reading, that we're reading in the Bible right now, those of us who have not been, well, we wouldn't have been baptized because Jesus hadn't come then. But if you were part of the God's family, the Jewish Israel, the, you, you, you would be Israel or Jew. If you were not, you would be a Gentile. That means you were not uh, uh, a member of God's family. Uh, the Bible tells us that you were once alienated, lost outside of the commonwealth of Israel. That means you were not a part of Israel. But thanks be to God. See, he sent his son to down the cross so that those of us who were not born into it can be grafted in. And that's what you see here when we're reading is that because of some of the disobedience of the, some of the Jews, the Gentiles were blessed. See? The Gentiles were blessed. So it is, it is, uh, and, and, and when you look at verse 11, it says, Through their fall, salvation is came unto the Gentiles. So let's go back to uh, Romans and let's look at that. Let's look at that verse because we didn't read uh, 11. We stopped at 10, okay? So let's go and let's look at uh, verse 11 because that's, that's where we, we didn't get that one. So let's include that one in our reading. It said, For the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. So it, is, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're a Jew or a Gentile. You Jew, excuse me, Jew or and the Greek. Okay, and same thing. Anybody that's not a Jew was outside of the body of Christ. So he's saying to us that it doesn't matter. God is not a respecter of persons anymore. Okay, he says, "For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved." Okay, and then he went on to say, "But how then shall they call on him who they have not been believed? Have they believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have?" Have not heard and how shall they hear without a preacher now and how shall they preach except they be sent now as it is written how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of the peace excuse me and bring glad tidings of good things now listen when he said that there's no difference, you've got to hear the word. You've got to believe it. Now, what does that mean? Well, it says when you call on the name of the Lord, he says, that's what he says. Now, they said, how? He says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now, many people have used that as a battle cry to not get baptized. Now, that ain't why God put that in there. You've got to call the name of the Lord, but how are you going to call on him if you don't believe in him? Now, I'm going to get you here now. Watch me. Watch me. Now, if you believe in him. If you believe in him, he says, if now he says you have to call on him. Okay, so I call on him because I believe in him. Okay, so what does he tell me? Now I'm gonna go over here in his Bible and I'm gonna show you something now. Now this is for those who insist that Romans 10, uh, uh, 11, this, this tells you you don't have to be baptized, okay? 
So let's let's go over here to another one of God's books. Okay, we're still in the Bible. We, we're not going to leave the Bible. We're going to stay in the Bible because now it says, whosoever, let me reread read it now. Let me reread it. It says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But then he says, how then shall they call on him in who they have not believed? Okay, you got to believe in him now. Okay, you got to believe. Now, what does it say over here? And I'm, I'm, I'm going to see what you think now. Don't Let me see if you think. Now, remember, when you're arguing with the Bible, you're arguing with God. You're not disagreeing with me because I'm only reading the Bible. Okay? Now, watch this. In Mark chapter 16, verse 15, it says, And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Now, that's, that's the charge of his disciples, those of us who are, are preaching his message now. And then he says, he that believeth, that means you believe and you continue to believe because there's a T-H on the end of there, and is baptized. Now, that and is, and is a coordinating conjunction. He didn't say believe it or. He said believe it and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned. Now, he says that you call on the Lord, but how can you call on him that you have not believed? And how can you believe in what you have not heard? Okay, so in other words, if you're sitting at home, you've never gone to worship, you've never been to church, you've never done anything, and you're sitting there thinking that you're okay with God, I've just proved to you that you're not. And what you should do is if you believe in God, you get up and you go get baptized. And then you start walking in the newness thereof. That's what you have to do. See, the thing about us as, as people, we like reading things sometimes and just, just thinking about it. Well, the Bible is not for you to read and think. You don't need to really contemplate too much. The, the Proverbs and Psalms tell you sometimes, each Psalm will tell you to, to meditate on it, and you should meditate on God's Word. But don't just meditate. you got to do some of it. See, a, 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 a man does not secure God's acceptance because he wills or runs after God. God has mercy upon a man because he is gracious of God. Okay, if a man was saved because of works, then salvation would not be grace. If you got, you get payment. If you, you work, you get paid. Okay, so listen, you got to do these things. We, we read in the Bible and God has laid out this plan for us. God's grace, it saves you. But you can't get it. You accept God's grace, okay? And God reigns on the just and the unjust. But he still wants all men to come unto the knowledge of the truth. He's just a loving and caring God, and he doesn't want anybody to suffer, okay? He doesn't want anybody to suffer. He knows that everybody's not going to accept his word. He's been there. He's done that. This is the this is the God of the universe. He created you. He knows who's going to do what before they're going to do it. But he gives you an opportunity through his son to become part of his family. And that's grace. That's grace. That's unmerited favor. And uh, Israel, they were they were accused and condemned by the, the scripture. OK, they were drowsy and they were condemned to drowsiness of, of being worthy of judgment and condemned to judgment and of being blind and condemned to blindness. But what about us? What about the state that we're in? You know, the the word the words were blinded and God had given them the spirit of slumber. Okay, the idea is that God is the one who blinded Israel. However, scripture clearly says that God does not tempt men, much less God's 
cause them to sin. Now, if we look at James 1.13, let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. So understand this. Remember earlier when I said, don't say, oh, well, if God wanted me to stop doing it, he'd make me stop. That's not how God operates. You have a mind of your own that God gave you. And now that we have to choose between right and wrong because of the sin that was done in the Garden of Eden, we have to choose now. But God does not tempt you. Okay, the devil tempts you with what you already have going on inside of you. Okay, let, let's, you know what I mean? Let, let me see if we can uh, get to that. Uh, James, uh, James chapter, James chapter one. Let's see here. Let me see if I can follow up with verse 13. <clears throat> it says in verse 14, uh, you remember 13? Let me reread 13 for you, okay? It says, let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil. Neither tempted he any man with the TH on the end. That means he's never going to do that. Tempted any man, okay? But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed your own lust it's already living in you you know it's already there so you can't blame god for that that's you that's you doing what you want to do okay so the unbelievers rejection your belief your unbelief is a rejection it's willful and it's always deliberate it is not because of god when you reject what god is saying to you it's willful and always deliberate for us who know the who know the truth okay so you you you, you the unbeliever does not see and hear yet he refuses to really open his eyes and ears he refuses to understand but why does a person act so illogically by rebelling and refusing to understand christ answers this question by saying this people's heart is waxed gross this people's heart is wax gross let me read matthew 13 15 for this people's heart is has grown dull and with their ears they can barely hear, and their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart, and turn and I would heal them. Amen. See, God is offering us so many ways to get healed, okay? But we will not come to God. To eat, being fat indicates sensuality and senselessness, okay? To eat and eat, adding weight upon weight is living after the flesh. And living after the flesh makes no sense at all. It's vanity, okay? It's vanity. We're studying Ecclesiastic on Wednesday nights in, at the church here. Uh, it's vanity, okay? And living after the flesh makes no sense at all. It is sensual and senseless. Christ is therefore saying that the unbeliever has to become so sensual and senseless Okay, and senseless that he rebels and refuses to understand the gospel of God. His sensuality is due to worldliness and the lust for the things of the world. I want to eat good. I want to have the fine things in life. Well, let me tell you what the Bible, let me read, let me close with this one, okay? Let me close with this one. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace, because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they are in the flesh, cannot 
please God. Romans 8, 5 through 8. You cannot please God in the flesh. Romans 8, 5 through 8. You, you cannot, okay? Love not the things that are in the world. Now, God, I'm sorry. I told you that was the last one, but I can't let it go. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. That's First John chapter 2, verse 15 through 16. Brothers and sisters, you can do this. Here's an example. Two men were chosen by God. Well, many, but I'm going to use these two. Joseph was chosen by God, wasn't he? Okay, he was a great chosen God, but he was obedient, and everything he touched was blessed. Even Pharaoh saw that. Samson was chosen by God, but Samson was disobedient. Samson used the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life to get to him, to where he was blinded, and he still had to carry out God's mission, but look how he had to carry it out. God bless you all. And those of you who are listening to me way over there in Germany, uh, I'm so thankful, and I pray that something is uh, happening in your lives that is making a difference for the better. Uh, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. O oh Lord, you're my strength and my redeemer. Be safe out there on the road, my brother. Thank you and God bless.